everybody. So uh, I thought I'd put together uh, a little snapshot of five things I tried to do to make this quarantine, this crazy time better. So five things I've actually done, and then uh, another list of five things that I plan to do, regardless of what the future holds in, in being in class or doing things online, which will hopefully make that better as well. So 10 total. Uh, some technical things, uh, editing audio and video software, uh, setting up your own podcast, uh, to just some practical ways that I tried to make uh, um, it possible to work from home um, in our little home here. So um, yeah, I'll guide you through these 10 things. I hope that um, certainly everything won't be for everybody, but I hope that there's something within uh, these ideas that you can take and, and might help you. I'd also love uh, if you want to leave a comment in, in the YouTube video here uh, or shoot me uh, an email and let me know ways that you've, uh, you've made your quarantine better and are trying to prep for the future too. So hope you're all well. I hope you're all safe. And uh, here we go, uh, making a little bit of lemonade from all the lemons we've got going on now. All right, so the first change, super practical. Uh, we have a lovely but small house here in Sioux Falls. My wife is a musician and a voice teacher. So she's downstairs giving voice lessons. I've got two sons who are, you know, in school. Now it's summer, of course, but they're doing their thing, making noise. So I need to try to, there's no home office for me here. And I, uh, I live in Sioux Falls, teach in Vermilion, so that's an hour away. So I needed to be here. So here's the other side of our bedroom which is a comfy home office now. So we did add a couple of bookshelves and um, we already had these chairs and a coffee table and that's where I work. So with a wife who teaches voice and a piano right below me and children who need to practice that piano and they're just loud in general. I also need some good uh, uh, noise canceling headphones. Uh, so I'll guide you through some of that gear and I normally work, sorry to make you tipsy here, moving my camera around, just as a heads up. Hi. So I normally work um, right here on the coffee table with plenty of coffee to keep me going. And then probably most of the time I'm here on the floor doing work like this. Um, and then once in a while, I'm old enough to get more stiff than I'd like to be and feel uncomfortable. So then I, um, here's the standing desk. I'll put my laptop on top of our home um, dresser and it's a great, I stand and it's a nice view. You can't see it now because it's nighttime outside in our neighborhood. And so there is my standing desk where I'll put my laptop. And um, so I'm between those three positions. Um, just guide you over here because it was a good, with some time on my hands and um, trying to get organized, I did put um, a lot of concert projects and other things in three ring binders, which I organized. And I'll tell you about that. I use a note card system for ideas and programming. And so at the bottom left, there's a little quasi shoebox with my note cards organized. Um, plenty of books and materials and some baseball cards near and dear to my heart and basketball cards. That's a signed Dominique Wilkins rookie, I will have you know. And we got it signed in person by Dominique, who also gave my son a fist bump. Um, 
So, you know, just some little warm, fuzzy reminders amidst the work I'm doing here. All right, well, let's, we'll, we'll dig in now to some, some, uh, some of the nitty gritty. Okay, so another thing is taking the time to archive old concert projects. And so I'll show you the method that I used here. Uh, one is actually how I've programmed for the last few years is by note cards. So let's see here. Um, uh, there we go. So I'll, I'll take um, I'll take a bunch of note cards and just write the title of the piece. Maybe the composer, if I'm not sure if there's a couple versions of the title. Like a Kyrie might have many composers, and so I'll um, just enough for me to know what it is, but nothing too detailed or pretty. I'll use um, a permanent marker and just get it out there. And what I love about the system is one, the color coding. So different ensembles I might have different colors for, uh, different themes, different sets, maybe different colors. Uh, and I might do that by actually different colored cards or, also, or different colored markers. Um, and what I like about this is being able to physically place the pieces down and rearrange them because I'll change my mind and maybe have three to 20 drafts of a program. Um, uh, I'll have ideas and, and then just to be able to take them out, put them in an order. Sometimes I take a picture of it before I put them away uh, and then I'll put them away in, in an order and then think about it again. I'll often put the music in a iTunes or YouTube playlist so I can listen to it. And then I always realize, well, those three pieces together make it sound really boring uh, or it, it needs this contrast. Um, anyways, so um, with all of these note cards, they were all over in different drawers and uh, uh, bags all around the house. And so I got one of these at Staples. And so then with each program, I was able to put it, put it away. And there's a lot of blank ones here for future use. But all these programs, uh, all these note cards in a single spot, which uh, great to finally get that done. Then also with the physical, with the programs, taking them from my binder or drawer and actually putting it in the three ring binder as it was. Um, and I think I like this better than just taking the music out and putting it back in a filing cabinet where um, I, I like to be able to quickly recall a program knowing where the piece is. So actually put the physical program in the cover to refer to. And let's see here. Inside, um, I'd made some notes for a rehearsal uh, of the program, kept that. Anything having to do with the program I tried to keep. Rehearsal schedule, personnel, um, uh, the program obviously itself, and then the music with tabs for the different sets. Uh, if there was instrumental music, if there was uh, any instrumental component for this program, there was just a cellist. Uh, I kept that music at the end too. Um, yeah, so I have you know, 15, 20 binders uh, of different concert programs catalog now. And then also there's the digital um, cataloging of it, the archiving digitally. Okay, so this is the digital component of the archive. And, um, you know, I had recordings on 
different flashcards, different hard drives, different computers all over the place from photographs to rehearsal videos, rehearsal recordings, performance recordings, and I just wanted to get these all in one place, and so I'm really glad I did. Um, I haven't done them all, but I'm on my way. And so um, I put these all in this folder archive here, and the system I used was just simply the date. So um, here's a portion of them. Um, and so you can see the year 216 and then the date 1221. There's a rehearsal video. And I would label, if I had more than one camera angle, I would label that. So video from rear, video conductor, um, video rehearsal. And so it's really easy to follow them chronologically for me. Uh, and this is audio, video, and, and everything in between. I also included just a rehearsal audio folder and photos and rehearsal videos, and then finally social media videos. So, you know, if I edited something in a Final Cut Pro or someone else recorded it for me that we put out online, then it, I can store them there as well. Um, and I'll just show you while I'm doing this, I'm using this QuickTime screen record, and I thought that this would come in handy for during the school year. If I'm trying to show a student how to do something with, with software or, you know, what have you, online, on the computer, that to, I, I had never done this before, but to record the screen, hit QuickTime, File, New Screen Recording. So just open QuickTime, File, New Screen Recording. Okay, so headphone recommendations. Uh, collected a lot of these over the past several years and with the situation now, um, small house, two kids, a wife who teaches voice, I needed to be able to have some sound isolation. Um, so I'll just go through, let's see how many we have, one, two, three, four, five, six pairs here of headphones and I'll try to go cheapest to most expensive um, and hopefully something here's helpful. So this is, these are the Brainwaves Delta. I've had these for four or five years, actually a couple different sets. Um, they do a pretty good job of sound isolation and they're in the, depending on the sale, 18 to $25 range. Um, yeah, they do a good job for sound isolation. They have a couple different size tips. And um, so these budget option, uh, had these for many years, Sony MDR 7506. This is kind of an industry standard uh, headphone for mixing and editing. Uh, fairly comfortable, um, clear spoke, spoken voice quality. If you look at um, a lot of professional podcasts, uh, This American Life or Radio Lab, um, I've, I've seen the producers with these on South Dakota Public Radio. This is what they use. So. Um, it's really good for mixing. You can hear really clearly. It is, in my opinion, a, a brighter, more forward sound. So you can hear every hiss and uh, if you're editing audio, um, S or sibilant sounds out of place. Um, maybe not the go-to for musical enjoyment, but um, again, a standard headphone for mixing. Um, I have, and I'll have the link of all these uh, in the video. Uh, at the bottom of the YouTube video. Um, so this is the DT770 Pro, uh, Bayer Dynamic. 
super comfortable. Um, I have a small head and these are huge, so I'm not gonna put them on. Uh, but the uh, DT770 Pro, uh, 80 ohm, they come in different ohms, different sensitivities. Uh, I recommend this um, one, maybe the 32 ohm, if you're only gonna use them with uh, uh, like a cell phone because it's a little more sensitive, but I've heard this is a good balance for audio quality. So I went with this, the 80 ohm. Um, super comfortable pads, uh, really long cord. Do a, as far as sound isolation, these Sonys do a bit, these do as well. It's not as much as some of the other um, noise canceling headphones, but they do block out some of the background sounds. So I would recommend both of these. Um, I've had these for many years. Bose, Quiet Comfort. Um, they're comfortable. They block out sound really pretty well. So again, I don't have a home office. So for the past several years, and I, for those of you that don't know, I live in about an hour from Vermilion. So I often will do work up here. And this has been a godsend with kids who are practicing piano downstairs. Uh, again, a wife who's teaching voice to be able, this is often like the difference, no, noise canceling headphones between getting something done and not getting some, something done, being able to, to think. Um, so yeah, these have lasted me, I don't know, five years maybe, and um, getting a little worn down now, but I still use them. They are, um, they're comfortable. Maybe the com tiny complaint is a little bit hot if it's a summer day. Um, actually it can get, just get a, a little bit warm after you wear them for a while. Um, Compare those to another noise canceling. These are the newest headphones that I have. These are the AirPod Pros. So it comes with a charging case. There's two versions of the AirPod, the regular AirPod and the AirPod Pro. And so I have both of these. Um, there's a little bit of difference in sound quality. These I would say are a little bit richer. These retail for 250. I think I got them for 220. Um, the AirPods, uh, I think retail 150, and sometimes you can find them on sale for a little cheaper. Um, they're both great. I mean, you can make phone calls, uh, wander around the house while you're um, listening to a podcast or an audiobook or watching something on your laptop, connect Bluetooth to everything. Um, so they're really handy. Um, these, the AirPod Pros are the noise canceling. So um, again, they come with different size earbuds and um so hopefully they're a good fit for me they're really comfortable i can wear them for hours at a time and just hardly notice they're there which is unusual for earbuds and it these uh delta brainwaves delta they were a good fit for me and they were comfortable these are even more so i might get tired of these after an hour and most earbuds I, would annoy me and i couldn't wear them for more than 10, uh, 10 minutes, but the AirPod Pros, uh, really comfortable, I really like these. Um, sound quality is good. Um, I've even used them on, uh, you know, on a bike ride where it's 20 mile per hour wind and I don't have to turn up the volume. So that's good, but that also could be bad. You don't wanna wear them uh, in traffic um, or on, on your bike with uh, around city traffic. But anyway, so, probably use these the most. Um, if I'm going for a jog or something, it's the AirPods and I like to be able to hear what's going on. These don't 
the original AirPods, the cheaper version, they don't isolate sound, which again, in some scenarios is what you want. Um, and then uh, as far as overall sound quality, if you're just going for the best, um, best sound quality of, of the things, headphones I have, these are the winner, the Bayer Dynamic DT770 Pro. Um, if you put them on, they're as close as you'll come to a really fine uh, high-end stereo setup. It sounds very spacious, so it sounds like a guitar is two feet this way and the vocals over on this side. Uh, so sound stage, the placement of the instruments, if that's something you're interested in, I would really recommend the Bayer Dynamic the most. And a little add-on to the headphone conversation. Got this uh, Dragonfly Red uh, digital audio converter, digital analog converter, DAC. This will amplify the volume and create a, a cleaner signal from your computer. And so um, for these Bayer Dynamic, for example, it was good. They, they have sufficient volume, but especially on classical music, you want to sometimes bump them up just a little bit. So this did the trick. Um, and again, the combination of this and this is probably the best sound I've had on my um, uh, in headphones and through a laptop. Uh, this retails for about 200 bucks, so um, not cheap. But they also have a $100 version, the Dragonfly Black, and a $300 newer version as well. Okay, so to some of the audio recording gear that I've used, um, all of this I've used many times. I, first piece is the cheapest, uh, the Zoom H1. I think I've had this for about seven years and recorded many rehearsals and performances on this. Um, again, you can get this for about a hundred bucks. There's a newer version out right now. Um, it records MP3 to high quality WAV files, two little stereo mics built into it. Uh, you can use it and hold it if you want to talk, um, set it up on a music stand, the piano, or it's got a little uh, built-in connector to put on a tripod or something. Um, so yeah, this is great. You can It's easy uh, physical buttons to set the recording levels. Also has a line in level. So if you wanted to put an external mic, uh, like a lav mic that you could clip to your shirt, put this in your pocket, you can record lectures. So for a budget option, this is really great. USB cable comes with it, so then you can hook it up and drag the WAV or MP3 files to your computer and edit them. Um, and also a micro SD card and a, a converter. So I often just use the S USB um, cable to drag files, but you could also have your little um, micro SD card and a converter that um, you can get and, and do it that way. Um, I love that and so much so that I upgraded to their their higher quality, Zoom's higher quality uh, recorder. This is the H6 and I've had this for four years or so and it, it just really does a great job. It comes with uh, this set of stereo mics, they're higher quality than the, the H1. You also can adjust the width of the stereo image. So the mics here, two mics, and then you can just turn them and it goes from 90 degrees to 120 degree field. Um, built into it are microphone levels. 
Um, and the cool thing about this is the flexibility. So you have quality stereo mics. It also comes with this, which would be great for interviews. Um, a stereo left and right mic, you just switch that out. Put that on here. Um, I almost, I haven't used this much at all, uh, but it, it sounds great. <clears throat> Use this mainly. Um, again, a mini jack, so you could connect that lav mic that you might want to clip to your shirt. Uh, or uh, you could record up to six channels at once. So, um, for example, you do a concert, you want to record the concert with the Zoom. Then you could plug in, let's say you have announcements or soloists especially. You could use a mic like the Shure SM58, $100 mic, standard, been around forever. Um, really great vocal mic. Uh, plug that in with an XLR cable and you could have up to four of those uh, or any other kind of stereo mic um, attached to it. You could have this and another mic in a different location. So this just has, uh, from making a podcast to recording a concert, so many uh, different uses. So I highly recommend the, the H6. I think for price, I think it's somewhere around $300. And I got mine with a package that had a, this indestructible case and um, some more connection options. Um, but I'll put, I'll put a link up to some things there, but that, that's been around, um, for several years and it is a, a standard for good reason. So I highly recommend that one. Um, I mentioned the mic, this Shure mic, uh, a lot of podcasters use this or there's a, a more expensive option, but this really for recording solo vocals, maybe for your choir, um, spoken vocals, this is a standard. Uh, mic that's pretty indestructible and um, could be a good budget option. You could also just use the stereo mics on uh, built into the Zoom. Uh, and then the other thing is whatever microphone option you would want to use. Um, I think this comes with the Zoom. Putting this on will help eliminate some of those sibilant sounds, the S's and T's, and the same thing with the Shure mic. If you're going to do some speaking into this, um, or singing, I would recommend buying a cheap little uh, pop filter. Um, okay. Oh, you know, the last thing I should mention before I put it away, the Zoom also, you can go right to USB to drag the files, um, or you can, again, take the, this is a normal SD card, and this is a 16 gig I have here. I think I have like a 32 or 64 gig in here and it's been recording concerts and rehearsals for four years and is not even close to maxed out. So storage aplenty for, for pretty cheap, the SD cards. One thing I wanted to mention with the Zoom as well is it has, again, a uh, built-in, I don't know what these are called, but you can twist this onto a tripod. Uh, also, I got a little microphone converter so I put this on and then you could plop this into a microphone stand uh, or you could use a tripod so it's um, a lot of different options to record concerts rehearsals what have you uh, one of the major undertakings was to learn how to edit video uh, and this is all Final Cut Pro which is Apple's professional video editing software I knew how to do iMovie which is their free software um, 
Uh, I'd experimented with that. This is a, a lot more in-depth and a lot more features. One of the big reasons I wanted to use it is because of unlimited camera angles. So um, you could take set up four iPhones and how use all those angles. Um, and also to be able to synchronize audio and video, uh, which it can do automatically. And for me, that's one of the most valuable features. And um, pretty good price on it. If you're an educator, it's $199. And that also includes some other software, including their professional audio software. So what I want to do here is if you've never used this software, and you, you know, you could spend unlimited hours learning how to do this, but if you've never done it, and again, apologies if you're a PC person, this is what I have experience in, uh, but if you've never done it, to learn how to do a basic video, uh, to synchronize the audio and video, and maybe um, include a picture, be able to switch an angle, so here we go, I'm gonna put it on screenshot and we'll dive into this. Okay, so we'll open up Final Cut Pro and assuming it's the first time you're opening it, it'll probably give you a library. This is MacBook Pro 16 library. You, um, if not, you could do new, file new library. Um, Again, I think it defaults, it'll, it'll give you something to work with. And so what the first thing you're gonna to wanna to do is make a new project. So file, new, excuse me, event, make a new event, um, new event. And again, there are many ways to fry the fish here. You can, there are, just, there are many ways to approach all these steps in Final Cut Pro. Um, but let's just call this, this is our new event, six, eight, uh, let's call it 2020, okay. And then a new project. We've got a new event. That's today's date. New project. And let's call it, we're going to make a Palestrina. Kyrie Palestrina. Okay. All right, so now this is our timeline where I'm scrolling with the red here. That'll be where we'll do the a lot of the editing. Um, and we need to get some, some media in here. Again, there's a couple ways to do this. You could just literally drag any audio files um, or video files right into here. But if we want to sync audio and video, which again, one is the big pluses of Final Cut Pro, we're going to want to do it this way. So we're going to go to File, Import, Media. File, Import, Media. Okay. So, yes, I'm looking, you could import from wherever you'd like. I am going to get <clears throat> Kyrie video and just as a heads up this is an iPhone video which iPhone audio so not good audio. I want that but then we had it professionally recorded so um, I call that I labeled that already that audio has been done Kyrie Palestrina and I'm going to get our the group's transepts logo and for whatever your school, um, your choir logo, uh, I'll show you how to put a logo on too. And what else? Um, let's just do that for now. So we've got the audio, video, and the logo. Actually, you know what? There's a picture here. We'll import that as well. Okay, so we've still got nothing going on to edit, but we've got this media to choose from. So here is, again, you cannot do this in iMovie. 
And here's a reason why you want Final Cut Pro is the sync between the audio and video. It'll automatically sync video and audio clips. So I'm going to get, here's the audio. And where's the video at? Here's the video. I'm going to do a command and select both of those. Why isn't it selecting? Excuse me, sorry. I was at the wrong. There's the audio, there's the video. So I highlighted both of those. And we're going to go to edit um, clip, synchronize clips. So again, you get the um, audio and video you want, highlight them together. And if you imported, um, let's say you had multiple angles, let's say you had a conductor camera um, and then a video on your choir. Uh, for this concert, we had a video of the loft in the Cathedral of St. Joseph and a video on the front. But <clears throat> I could have up to 10 camera angles. I normally do like, you know, one or two. But um, you could synchronize all of those to the, the best audio take. Um, and that just, that saves you an unbelievable amount of time because syncing on your own audio and video can be pretty tricky. Or it can be time consuming at the least. So clip, we're going to synchronize these two, boom. And let's call it, it's going to automatically call it Curie Video Synchronized Clip. That sounds good. Um, you'll see here it says use audio for synchronization. Yes, uh, it highlighted that automatically. If not, make sure it's highlighted. And then this, disable audio components on audio video clips. So what that's going to do is turn down off the audio from the iPhone, which we definitely want to do because that audio is not as good and it'll be, that would be a, a, you know, two audio tracks. We don't want that. So, okay. It's synchronizing it. That can take just, that took just a few seconds. Sometimes it takes longer. So there we go. We've got a new little icon there and this is the synchronized clip. So, um, I know this is what I want to start to edit. So I'm going to drag this to the timeline. Boom. Okay. And if you zoom, excuse me, I'm going to mute it for a second. If you zoom in and out, then you can zoom in on what you want to edit. So the first thing is just to know if you double click this, it's going to show you the audio only on the bottom and the video audio on the top. Now it said it disabled the audio from the video clip, but and maybe it did, but I'm just going to make certain. And I'm going to, all I did was just select that and drag it down. <clears throat> For the audio of, the audio track too, here's the professional audio. Um, you could make the volume higher. You wouldn't want it to get red. That means it's clipping. You see I'm raising it by 12 decibels. Or you could lower it. I already know that this audio track is at a good level, but as you guys probably know, choral music has such a wide dynamic range and um, often it's it's too soft or you've, you know, the you record at a, a peak level at the biggest forte and, and the recording person sets everything um, relative to that, which is great, but it means a lot of tracks um, are often too soft. So you can take this and that's a, this is a quick, easy way to bump up the audio if you'd like in the future. Okay, so just to note that with the pointer here, I'm going back and then it's it shows both together. If I double click on it, it separates them or I go back. 
that makes them compound. You know, you're looking at the clips together. This breaks them down. Okay, so the first thing you might want to do with your video, um, and we're going to add some photographs. We're going to do some fade ins and outs and some titles, all that stuff. But the first, most basic thing you want to do, might want to do is, you know, trim some of the video to make it match the audio or vice versa. So right now, here's, I'm going to put the sound on. Here is the beginning of the clip. Okay. We're trying to line up now um, the video with the audio. So I think we can get rid of a bunch of this. Let's start the, get the cursor right about there. And then Command B. Actually, further, further along. Command B. And I'm going to delete both of these. Okay, let's see how that looks. Now that's all good. I'm going to do the same thing at the end. Have some extra video of us just moving around that we don't need. So let's see how it ends. And as I'm doing that, I'm paying attention to the seconds here. So 327, we're definitely done, maybe 326. And then I'm going to line this up. So 320, let's say 328, just to give us a little more time to fade out, which I'll show you in a second. So whoop, I'm going to zoom in. 328. And I'm going to do Command-B. Well, first got to highlight this. Whoop. Undo what happened there. Okay, sorry, that got a little messy, but um, 328 was what I was looking for. So I'll click on this and delete it. Okay, let's see how that looks. You know it's a bit too much video still, so I'm going to bring this back there, click on it, and B. That should be better. And you can always take it at the end and just pull, trim, however works best. Um, I should also probably note at this point, this is my mouse here, uh, my cursor is over the media we imported. If I just want to see a bigger viewer, I can do that. And then that the viewer of the is bigger. Also can click this and you can get full screen. You'll know that when you do full screen, when you're viewing it while you're editing, the quality isn't the best. It's Final Cut Pro saving space by editing at a, a lower quality. But when you pause it or once you export it, you'll get the, the full high definition. Okay. So that in itself would be good and we could export the video and you could share it on YouTube or Facebook or <clears throat> however you want to share it. But let's make this um, look a little more professional. So we'll do um, fading in and out and then we'll add some titles and photography uh, on top of this. So first thing, let's go to the beginning and I'm going to mute it so we don't hear. OK. 
So I'm going to select everything and I'm going to do, um, where is it at? Edit, add cross dissolve. So now you'll see if we play it from the beginning, we have that quick little fade in. Should you want that to be longer, you can just drag that. And you can also set the default transitions to be a longer length, but we'll just keep it as simple as possible now. We just we can just drag that transition. We got a nice fade in now. You see also you can change the audio. I had the mute on there. Let's try that again. See that opening with the crossfade in? Great. And then we'll go to the end. And we have a little fade out. Um, let's see here, 328. It's probably a, just under a second maybe. And I'd like that to be longer, I'm sure. To be a little more gradual. Let's say it's three seconds. And it'll tell you the seconds as you drag it there to the hundredth of a second. So, okay, let's see how that looks. And that's fine, maybe I even want it to fade out just a little sooner. Sure. Um, okay, I should also say for the audio, if you double click on that audio track, um, where's it at? You know what? Forget about that. Forget about it. Um, okay, so now that we've faded in and out, let's add a title for the piece. Um, and so there's, again, a few ways to do this. If you go to, let's go to the beginning, edit. Um, Oh, excuse me. There we go. It's under Edit, Connect, Title. And you can do a basic title, which will be in the middle, or basic lower third, bottom left-hand corner. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose the lower third. And you'll see we just got this tiny purple icon here. I'm going to bring that to the beginning of the video. You could put it wherever you want. And again, paying attention to the seconds, it's from 0 to, oh, somewhere around 8 or 9 seconds. You can make this as short or as long as you want by dragging it. I'm going to say somewhere around 20 seconds. And you can have it fade in and out, just like the video. So again, you can do um, Edit, Add Cross Dissolve, or just Command-T to save you a little time. Again, you can drag those. Um, and make it fade in and out as however you'd like. So then we click on this, double click on it, and we can edit the name. So Kyrie um, Palestrina. Maybe you want to add his full name, the dates, anything you want to do there. And then I don't love this font, so I'm going to select this. And then if you go over to the right, 
uh, you could change it to whatever font you want. I'm going to choose Garamon. And here as well. Whoop. Um, okay. So there we've got a, a title there. You could do, um, if you um, wanted to insert this at the very beginning of the video, drag it around, and then so the video open just to black title, you could do that as well. Um, let's see how this looks on its own. There we go. I've got the mute on, so we're not hearing the sound, but I think that's good. I like to have the title up for a while and then just fade away, so that should work just fine. Okay, another thing which you might want to do is have your choir's logo, whether it's your school's logo or, um, yeah, the name of your choir, uh, whatever you want. And so uh, you could do this... Um, you can just, if you have that image somewhere on your computer, you can just drag it right in. So I'm going to do that. Put it in here earlier. So here's this, this is transept, and I have a white and a black logo. I'm going to put the white logo in, just drag it right in. So now what you'll see is this logo has appeared just for a second, and it is enormous. So we don't want that, but we also want the logo up. Let's say you want the logo at the beginning or maybe the whole time. Um, first things first, let's click on it and let's edit this logo a bit. So to edit the logo, you're going to, oh, where'd it go? Yes, you're gonna hit under the viewer, this icon here, and you could do crop. Let's actually transform so we can mess with the size. Transform. Now I can just drag it. There we go. And you could put it wherever you want. Let's be like PBS and put it at the bottom right-hand corner. Be even a little smaller. Oh, let's put it right on the pillar. Ah, well, let's try it up here. You can put it wherever you want it. So, um, so that's great. Oh, maybe even a little smaller. It won't let you edit it if you're not. It's not highlighted. So make sure over here it's highlighted. Make it just even a little smaller. And let's do put it in the bottom corner. Okay. So now we have that, but it's it's only up for a split second. Watch this. Um, here comes the logo. Boom. Popped up right there. Then it's gone. So you just, just like anything else, just like a, um, the title rather, you can move this and I'm going to put it on top. And I'm going to, you can, by the way, adjust this timeline to however you, what kind of space you'd like to edit in. You can also use dual monitors, and uh, of course, the bigger the monitor, the better. But I've, I've done video editing on a 13-inch MacBook for a while. This one's a little bigger, but it gets the job done. So I'm going to make this logo last the whole video. And there we go. Just like anything else, you can have it fade in and out. Command-T, I'm going to do that. You could have the fades line up. You could leave them as they are. I think this will be fine to come in a little early. Yeah. And good. I'd, I'm going to move the logo. I like it better up here, I think. Okay. Um, so now also, 
with the logo, if you we go up here, the opacity, you could make it really almost invisible. And if you look at, you know, NBC or PBS or other television logos, often you can, they're a little transparent. So I'm going to make mine match those, put it right in the middle. And you could also change the color. You click on this. Um, let me go back here. Again, with Final Cut Pro, there's it's just an infinite world of editing awaits you if you want. I tend to get stuck, have no idea what to do next, and YouTube something and figure it out. Um, I actually took a course that I'll link that was uh, it was like this 15-year-old kid explaining <laughs> how to how to edit in Final Cut Pro, and he it was a two and a half hour course on Udemy, an online educational site, and uh, took me about nine or ten hours, but I, I wanted to go through it really carefully, and it was really helpful. But again, most things you can learn by just YouTubing. Um, and hopefully, if you've never done it and want to give it a try, this will you'll be able to have some videos for your ensembles ready. Okay, so we have got our logo. We've got a title. We've got a nice fade in, fade out. We've got synced audio to video. And one more thing that I'd like to add to this is, um, is a, a picture. And so I chose, again, the higher quality photos, the better. If you're going to do image searches, get high definition at least. Um, you can do advanced searches in Google for images where they won't even show you images. Um, under a certain quality, get the whatever it is, like 1000 by 700 some or above. Um, you don't want to have pixelated images in your, you know, high definition videos. But I chose a, the ceiling of the church Palestrina worked in, in Rome, Santa Maria Maggiore. And it's a really beautiful photo, and I think it would add something to our, um, our loft video here, which is just the single angle, nothing happening. Um, so let's do that. I'm just going to drag it right. I now I in the media browser. I'm going to go back here to this. That picture is dome of the. It's right there. So I could drag that down, or just so you know how to do it. You, again, you can just drag it right from any folder on your. Excuse me, that's the wrong one any folder, your desktop, whatever. Director's Clinic, Dome. Okay, so I'm just going to drag it right in the timeline, make sure I have some. All right. Again, just like the logo, it's in there, but it's just a couple seconds long, so I'll make it longer. Now, whatever goes on top of the timeline is often the the, the viewed photo. So I could drag this down if I want um, for it to be hidden for a while. I could take this and I could move it to the very front of the video so that this video would open with this picture. You can place it wherever you want. Um, <clears throat> but what I want to show you to do now is how to, first this doesn't look good because we can see the St. Joseph Cathedral pillars here and then this church in Rome. So Make sure again we're, we have clicked, we have highlighted this ceiling, done. And now we're gonna go here under the video to crop. 
You can do transform as well, but what we really want to do is crop. Okay, so we could trim it ourselves uh, and fuss with it, or we could just hit crop, and then it's going to give us the right aspect ratio. So that in itself would look just, it would fit just great, but iMovie has this feature as well, um, Ken Burns. So what this is going to do is, you know, give kind of a pan and scan effect. Ken Burns being the PBS documentary filmmaker who used this technique, uses this technique in his documentaries. So let's just give a sample of how this looks. It'll give kind of animate the photo for us. Let's play. If you're watching in the viewer here, let's make this bigger. It's zooming in on the photograph, which is just, you know, a nice little artistic touch. Let's go back to this Ken Burns. You can adjust this however you want. You can go over here and flip. And that means uh, it'll start zoomed in. Start zoomed in. And then it'll, you know, scan out. Flip it back. Do the opposite. You could adjust this. You could, you know, really do a fast zoom. And it'll make a dramatic... Um, pan and, and scan across the photograph. Edit undo, we're not gonna do that. Let's just say we'll start and then we'll zoom in and we like how that works. And then now from the beginning of our video, um, we would have that photograph. Now, at this point, I don't want the photograph right there. I want the photograph to enter, let's say after we've been singing and the title has gone by. So, Let's see, and push play. And we don't have sound, so I need to unmute it. Now, it went right to that photograph, which was okay, but it was really abrupt. So again, we're gonna do Command T, which gives us a fade. And I can guarantee I'll want a longer fade. That worked okay, but I would like it to really Let's add two seconds to each side. Again, I'll say you can change the length of the fade to where it's always three seconds or four seconds, and um, that's something you can do. And if, if I remembered how off the top of my head, I'd tell you, but I can't remember. <laughs> so I'll be YouTubing that. Okay. slower fade just to be a little more subtle so let's say um, and then here's something I might want to do I often will have uh, again you could have let's say we just have one video angle but let's say we had a few I might switch that angle at a section in the music so in this piece for example the second section uh, is the crease day <laughs> And it looks like it came in just before that. So at 108 is the crease day. So I'm just going to do something just for effect here. I'm going to edit, copy this entire thing, edit, copy, and right there at that new section, I'm going to hit paste. So this image will come in right at the crease day section, and then I'm going to do the opposite Ken Burns effect to have something different. This time it'll start zoomed in and then zoom out 
see how that looks, that transitions. Great, so now we have, it'll have the same picture. You know, there's certainly more photos of this building, which would be beautiful to insert, but just trying to get the job done here. So let's just leave this as is. And we've got a video, we've got a title, logo, we've got some photography, and you know, this would be ready to, to share this somehow. So, <clears throat> couple things, one is, um, now that we are ready to export, you can do this a couple ways. Um, where's that? File, share, and then you can share. Look at all these formats. DVD, master file, which is the default. Um, and you can go really high quality or you can compress it for making it a little easier to share and distribute online. Uh, prepare for Facebook, YouTube. A note about this, you can quote unquote prepare for Facebook, but share it to YouTube. So I often will save it as a Facebook file at high definition, and then I'll just upload it to YouTube. Um, that, that doesn't matter. So um, before we do this, just a, a note that you can also do it, follow my cursor up to the very top right, and same thing. This will then share it, and um, so before I share this video, um, I wanted to also, since you've put some work in, we've put some work into editing and um, trimming the opening and ending, you might just want to save it as audio uh, to put on SoundCloud, to share as a CD, whatever. So here's a way you can just extract the audio. Or let's say, you know, I've, I've taken an hour and a half concert and weeded it down to just under an hour with fade in and out audio and video of the entire thing. Well, I don't want to have to re-edit all the audio if I'm just going to share it on a CD. Um, so I could, I could do this. So I'm going to click export, click master file, go here to settings, and then you could do audio only. Video and audio is common, but you could do audio only. And then I'm going to share that, and then it'll give me a 7 megabit MP3 file. And you can change the audio format to all kinds. Um, yeah. So let's cancel this. Let's go back. Okay, now we're just going to share the video. So export, prepare for Facebook. Um, I think Facebook used to only do up to 720p, which is the lower spectrum of high definition. I think it does 1080p now, but even if it doesn't, I would recommend saving it to 1080p. It's higher quality, and then if you share it, Facebook will all automatically compress it down if it needs to, but YouTube certainly does 1080p and, and higher definition formats, so I would recommend saving it at this format, 1080p. Okay, next, and save. And I'm going to title this something to make it really clear. Um, final cut. Um, I've saved the same file as an audio and a few other 
at the same name, Kyrie Palestrina, so I want to make sure this is clear. Final Cut, finished. Desktop, return. Okay. So now, how long does this take? Well, it'll probably take this computer three or four minutes. If, I, if it's an old Mac, maybe it'll take it six or seven minutes. If it's an hour and a half concert we've just edited, that could take an hour or a couple hours um, to do that. But so I will now skip ahead and continue recording once this is, is done. Okay, so it just took a minute and the file is now on the desktop there. Um, so we can check that out now. We'll click on it and we'll view in full screen and um, watch the video and ho hope it turned out. Um, I wanted to say too that, um, you know, if you just had an audio file and wanted to put just a photograph of your choir, then if you do that, then you could then upload that to YouTube or, or share it, uh, you know, Facebook video, as long as you have a photograph um, of your ensemble or of anything, of your school, whatever, then that's a way to share it on those sites, other sites like Facebook and YouTube. Um, whereas with just the sound file, you know, you could do the SoundCloud or something, but you need that video component. So that's another way to make the most out of the audio recordings you already have. Uh, another thing is, you know, this piece, for example, is in the public domain, so I don't have to worry about any copyright stuff. If that's a concern of yours, depending on what you're putting out there, you know, you can always just share these to uh, Dropbox or some site, at least so your uh, choir members, parents, etc. can watch it without worrying about that. Okay, so let's give this video a watch.
Okay, what you're seeing now, a piece that, you know, uh, where we used a choir quartet in the loft and one in the front. Um, and a split screen effect there. And so, again, that can be done under the transform tool, how we messed with the logo. If you take one video and cut out this half of it, and vice versa the other, you can make a split screen effect. Um, I uh, thought I'd just show you that, and you know, you want to get more advanced. Um, there, I'm switching camera angles. So I thought I'd show you this. So we are, um, here the choirs are moving, and um, there were two nice pieces. This is O'Gorman Concert Choir singing together with transept here. And of course, because people were standing there, the camera angle we had was just on the close-up of somebody's head. So with some creative use of photography and Ken Burns effect, then here's a historic picture of the Cathedral of St. Joseph. And then the next piece, same thing, just heads in the way. But um, yeah, just some more photography of the cathedral. Um, Uh, again, so it really comes in handy. And if there was no video recording, you could do the same thing. So just some more um, some more ways to use Final Cut Pro, even if you just have audio. Okay. Okay, another thing I did was uh, experiment with Pro Tools, which is professional audio, um, professional audio recording software. Um, I've done a lot of work in the past with more basic software like um, uh, Sound Studio, which is really easy to use. Pro Tools is great, but there's certainly a, a steep learning curve. Um, so I just thought I'd show um, if some of you may have a need to edit, do some basic M editing of, of sound files, that I just do a quick introduction to Sound Studio. Um, and I can point you to software for Pro Tools that has a free version. I thought I'd stick with the easy stuff for now um, for the sound editing. So here is, I'll switch to the screen. We're gonna mess around in Sound Studio. I think it's a pretty cheap app. Uh, I cannot imagine it's more than 20 bucks. Uh, I'll put the link in. Um, and again, it's, I'm, I'm showing this one because I've used it and I know it's really pretty easy to, to move around in if you've never done anything like this. Um, Audacity is another popular one. Um, I'll include the link for that. I just haven't, uh, I just haven't used it in maybe a decade, so I wouldn't want to try to steer you with that because I've, I've used this a lot more often. So we opened up uh, Sound Studio. We have a new, um, new project here. Um, so I'm just going to, oh, let's just find that. So let's say we've got a sound file, whatever it is. You took your Zoom recording um, or you got a CD of something and you had a sound file. I'm going to just drag it in and it doesn't want to let me do that. I lied. I'm not going to drag it in. I'll do file open. And director's clinic, wherever you have the audio file. There we go. And so I'll delete this one. So there is our sound file. So just a few things. Um, let's say, now this track is complete, but let's like pretend like it's just a raw file. So let's push play. 
let's say this is where we want to start. And we've been rehearsing and we want to make sure we share this from here on. Just like a Word file, just edit, copy, highlight, delete. You took too much, whoops, edit, undo, get a better grab of what you want, and delete. So let's say we want to get fancy and do a little fade in. There we go, fade in. Okay, whoops, I made it stop, but let's listen to that again. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, actually I'll leave that. Um, there are, you know, lots of features. Let's pretend like the track ends right here. Let's say this was again extra talking rehearsal you did not want in, you just delete it. And if you wanna mix and cut and paste things, I mean, you can just edit copy and edit paste. And, you know, I'm gonna undo that, but, you could edit and rearrange just like a Word file. You just copy things and move them around as works for you. Um, let's see here. So a couple things that are useful. Again, sometimes the audio level was too soft. So um, filter, amplify volume is one thing. And automatically it will go to basically as loud as possible without clipping. So let's click OK. That can't be right. <laughs> Undo. Let me let me try. I just lied. Let me go to normalize. Uh, there we go. What I meant to say was normalize. Normalize to the peak level. Yes. Okay. Now what you'll see is the wave. What I was expecting would have happened a minute ago, and you'll see the wave file get bigger. There you go. So push play. <laughs> There we go. And that might be too loud for you. You can do edit undo and you could um, let it actually undo that normalize. Filter normalize. And we could, um, excuse me, we could uh, drag and, and set that amplification for a, a certain decibel. Um, um, here we go. Right, normalize and I'm changing, you see the percentage and the decibel level up and down there to get you know, you could play with that however loud you want it, like it to be. Uh, let's say let's fade out as well. Okay, fade out. And um, you also can do, I taught my youngest son to do this, just to play with pitch. Um, where is it at? So I'm under filter, pitch and tempo. So you can change the pitch and the tempo. You can make it twice as fast, twice as high. And you could just hear that. <laughs> we now have the chipmunks do Palestrina, okay? So undo pitch and tempo, but we could leave that. Now, um, so that's something fun you can do to play around with. But you know, off the top of my head, um, I could transpose something up the octave and then there I could sing something in the tenor range and all of a sudden the sopranos have it. That would probably sound ridiculous, but you know, it'd be fun to play around with. Also the, um, the equalizer. So, um, so I'm gonna, I've highlighted everything. You could also just highlight portions, but I'm gonna highlight everything. And let's say, if you're like me, you like the, a little more bass in the choir. 
And let's say you recorded it with your Zoom recorder. And if you do that and do it from the rear of the auditorium or church, you're just automatically going to lose some bass in the sound. So you could just bump up and you, you'll have to play with this to see what you like, but FYI, this range, this 320, a couple decibels up, 160, this is like the male voice range. And just bumping that up, not to where it sounds ridiculous, but to what it sounds like when you're actually singing, uh, hearing your choir from a few feet away. Just a little more presence in the male voices is often lost in recording, and you could bump that up. You're not going to hear it on these computer speakers now, but you would hear it if you were listening to some good headphones like we looked at earlier. So now, let's say this is all good, and again, you can edit undo and play with, and there's many, many more. Um, there are many more tools to play with here. But this would this might do the job, and let's say we've, um, especially let's actually, let's do normalize it. Filter, um, normalize, uh, let's just say 97%. Okay, so now we've got a, a plenty loud, bass, slightly boosted, um, faded in and out audio track. And by the way, I'm showing you here on this Mac software, but if you do Audacity or other basic free audio software, every one of them should have easy access to fading in and out, um, normalizing um, at, at the very least. And so hopefully this, this helps you, whatever software you choose. Okay, so now let's save this. And, hmm. I don't know why it didn't ask me what to save it as, but I'm gonna do save as. Um, Kyrie Remastered, and save it right to the desktop. Okay, so now we have an audio file, and let's say we had an iPhone recording of a rehearsal or a concert, we could head to Final, we could head to Final Cut Pro and sync that audio, which is going to be much better. Uh, with the video from the iPhone. Get rid of the, the audio from the, from the iPhone and, and keep this new good audio and have that synced. Or we could just um, use that, upload it to SoundCloud or share however we'd like. So something I just, uh, in the last two days, um, experimenting with is trying the podcast format. Uh, and this could be both for me personally, for an ensemble I'm leading, for classes I lead. Um, I personally love uh, being able to go for a long walk or run or bike ride and have a podcast going. It's a great way to learn and not be stuck. If I can, um, if I space out and can rewind it five times until I finally absorb it, I'd love to be able to do that. Um, so I thought it would be great to just be able to um, have the ability to put out that format. And I may very well use my courses whether or not we are quarantined. So, um, okay, so here's what I learned. I'm just getting started, but I know it can be done. So I'll switch to the screen and show you how I did it. Okay, so I researched a few options. There are many. And one of the easiest, um, one, of the, one of the easiest methods, so it seemed to me, 
was Anchor, which is a Spotify company. And I definitely know you'll get on the web and up to Spotify very quickly. I have, once you start the podcast, did you get on, you know, Apple's uh, podcast software? It can take uh, somewhere around a week or longer or shorter. We'll see how long that takes. I use, since I use Apple, um, I'm assuming after the first podcast gets up, then it's easier. Um, but if not, I will probably switch because I, I want that to get uh, streamable, you know, to my classes, to whoever right away. But I can tell you that Anchor was really easy to use. Um, and, you know, for a first try, it was great. And um, in the future, you could you could take whatever podcast material you have on Anchor and bring it to another podcast site. So, sorry, what am I doing here? Let us open up Google Chrome. So it's anchor.fm sign up. So I'm going to do a new one with you guys here. Tim Campbell. Um, I'm going to do my USD email. Um, sure, suggest a strong one. Um, I'm not a robot. Sign me up. Okay, let's do it. Um, so here's the cool thing is, by the way, this is an app on your phone if you'd like it to be done that way. Or you can just do it right here on your computer. <clears throat> you can just capture audio right from your phone or right from the computer. I've tried that. You just hit record. Um, let's see if I click on this. Start recording now. I mean, they'll just do the built-in microphone. You could use an external mic. Um, but... I'm assuming, you know, maybe you want to do it on uh, your Zoom recorder or you have a, a Yeti Bluetooth uh, USB mic or something like that. Um, or maybe you have pre-recorded audio from, you know, some other method. So you can just upload and drag files. So just to make this quick and easy, I'm going to go to the director's clinic. I'm just going to use that Kyrie track we made before. Eh, this should be it. Oh, there it is. Just drag it. And it's uploading that now. Want to get paid when people hear this episode, sure, but I'm not going to get my hopes up about this Palestrina track, so we'll ignore that for now. Um, okay, it's processing. Already done. Okay, let's just make sure it's plays. Yep. Okay, so let's save the episode. What do you want to call it? Um, just a heads up. Uh, when I first tried to make a podcast, I said like experiment podcast or something like that. And then, um, what was I going to say? And then, uh, you know, I just put some basic things indicating it was an experiment. And then like within a half hour, <clears throat> it got back to me when I tried to publish it and said, we're not able to publish your podcast because it's... Um, it seems to be uh, an experiment, or it was, I can't remember the exact wording, but it it called me out that I was just testing it and it didn't want to publish it. So okay, so let's call this Kyrie um, by Palestrina from. Whoop. And then, um, just like I'm gonna do in the YouTube video here. Um, for podcasts, I love it when there's a, a fair amount of content, when there are um, little timestamps. 
So let's say at mm, 30 seconds is, or zero, 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 two, I'm gonna say three seconds in, Kyrie begins. Um, one minute, sorry, one, zero, seven, Kriste. Now, I'm not going to really ever do this for music tracks, uh, and I probably won't publish many music tracks on a podcast, but, you know, for public domain music, I guess I could. And, um, however, let's say this is my choral literature class, or this is your choir, and you want them to notice uh, something about the middle section. You could put these timestamps in here. Um, I'm just making this up. TBA. Um, and then they can refer to it on the podcast. Um, or if it's a, it, you know, if you published a concert on a podcast, or if you were doing a lecture, and at the one minute mark you talked about this, at the two minute mark you talked about that, I, I always think it's helpful, so I'm going to do that. So what else do I want to know? You can do the season, episode number. This would be a great way to catalog courses. Um, and you could put individual art for the episode. So let's do it. Um, let me see here. I'm just going to take this screenshot I have for my computer. Um, save. And um, publish now. It's saying I have to verify my email address, so I'm going to do that. SD email. Oh, here it is. So, uh, I've opened up my email and it says finish episode. I think I remember that you do need to make sure you finish the episode through this email they send you. Um, so I want to do that. Um, now, I just realized I don't think my podcast has a name. So uh, we should have done that already. It seems like it's we have to redo this. So okay, let's do it. Kyrie by Palestrina from Misa. Um, let's do those timestamps again. One. These could be wrong, by the way. I'm just putting a sample. Um. Episode art. Let's give it the uh, um, let's give it the screenshot again. Clean or explicit? I think we're safe with Palestrina. Publish now. Now, what I haven't seen yet, surprisingly, I don't. I must have gone over it was but you can give and you need to give your podcast um not just the episode but the entire there we go never mind podcast name um let's call this directors um actually let's make it a little more general we could call it whatever we want let's say um i'm just gonna say tjc usd 
um, cast for Miss D. Uh, <laughs> sorry, DJC, my initials at USD. Category, um, let's call it performing arts. We call it education, yeah. Um, let's call it how, well, maybe I'll use it for other things. Let's call it education courses, language, English, of course. Continue. Uh, okay, so now we need um, cover art. So search, upload an image, search for a photo. I'm going to say upload. And I like that image of the dome um, that we used earlier. So this is that image of Palestrina's church. You could zoom in. You could zoom out. Oh, that all looks great. I think I'll have that whole square. Um, one thing that you should note about this, I think there's a standard picture size for podcasts, and I believe it's this. It this would tell me. I think if I got it wrong, but it's something like sixteen hundred by sixteen hundred. It can't be a low quality photograph to do any podcast, Apple anywhere. So you do need to make sure that if you've got a photo you like. Um, that it's got to be a, a certain image quality to be able to publish your podcast. So just a heads up that that could be a, a snag. Okay. Um, and once this gets going, oh, oh yes, we can now... <laughs> Uh, looks pretty hokey with my initials in USD on the the ceiling there. Um, let's go to the bottom, top, center. Well, um, you know, we actually could take text off, and it'll just be that, but let's leave it on for now. And, of course, you can change this picture later. I'm going to make it gray. Uh, I'm going to change the text to try to find something smaller. Come on now. Well, is it in the middle? Let's go to the bottom. That doesn't seem like the bottom now, does it? There we go. Uh, hmm. Let's try another text font. I don't love any of these, and I don't know why it's not centered. There we go. Okay, it's good enough for now. So update cover art. Uh, and again, uh, I, if I use this podcast, I'll be coming back to change the hokey image, at least take the text off. <laughs> but um, Okay, so yes, distribute it, and it's going to go to Apple. You can see, oh, I don't know what these other logos are besides Spotify, but it's going to send it all around the world. Um, yes, distribute this, my podcast. Total number of plays, zero. Maybe you'll have some analytics to check in who's listened to what. Um, you can copy the link. So here's the cool thing um, is, you know, you could post this to 
Here you see Twitter, Facebook. You could copy the link and just send the link to your students and they'll be able to go right to the web to listen to this. Um, but also, Anchor will send you an email updating you with the new um, uh, the places it's published. So right away, you'll be able to listen to it on Anchor and Spotify. And then as soon as it's up on Apple Podcasts and all the other locations, it will tell you. So, which is cool. So, you can edit it, you can delete it later if you don't like it. Um, both the podcast and the episodes you can delete. So, just a heads up. Um, new episodes and, um, you know, you can use this as much or as little as you want. So, there's how to make a podcast from Anchor. Um, let's see here. What did I want to do? I don't think I want to do anything else here. Uh, I see that Anchor sent me an email saying, good news, um, your podcast has been submitted. So it, it hasn't happened yet, but it, it very shortly, I'm sure I'll get an email back telling me it's up. And, and I'll put those links for you guys to look at too. All right, so there is, there's how to um, quick and dirty get a podcast of some sort uh, up and out there on the web. So with regards to this really important conversation that should be an ongoing conversation about um, representation of uh, people of color, um, female composers, um, and continuing to broaden um, the palette of the repertoire we do, um, I'm really grateful to be able to share this resource, uh, which is Choral Equity and Inclusivity Starter Kit. Uh, which is going to be a, a, a master's thesis by a friend of mine who's a, a singer uh, and studying her master's degree at the University of Oregon, Bethany Badaferrano. I think what's great about this is um, it's been based on a lot of her real-world experiences with a, a choir she helped found Border Crossing in the Twin Cities. And also, um, you know, Bethany's a performer, but she's a scholar too. And I, I've gone through uh, this and will continue to. Um, but it's, uh, it, 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 there's depth, but it really is um, what it says, a starter kit. So it helps to initiate some of these difficult conversations. Some really practical, um, easy to follow advice about where to start with repertoire, with conversations about potential community partnerships, um, those within your choir from uh, different backgrounds, and um, you know, really going through it. Consider the role of your choir, choirs in general in the U.S. today. Are you fulfilling it with your whole community? Are we accessible to them? Uh, or public figures, what we say and do matters. Um, inform yourself about inclusivity, equity, and the isms in our disciplines. Uh, some great interviews linked to, um, and actually repertoire as well linked to. And the beautiful thing about this is it's already um, just filled with ideas and, and starters to, to implement with, with our choirs. But also, she's, um, it, it's, a, it's a Google document and so updates are going to be made in real time. There's plenty to um, ready to be considered and implemented now, but it's also something that will be an ongoing resource and, and ongoing um, uh, up, updates regarding repertoire, um, programming resources, 
um, what have you. So thanks to Bethany for this resource, and um, I'll definitely include this link. Again, with everything in the future, um, like you, I have uh, 10 times as many questions as I have answers. Uh, one, one thing I want to do is just uh, go all out and try to get to dream clinicians, especially because they might be a Zoom call away. So some people I have on my list are uh, Jeffrey Redding, uh, who's a friend, but he's super busy and super in demand. Um, but I'm going to try to get him to, whether it's a clinic or a talk with one of my choirs uh, or classes. Um, another person is Gary Graydon, who lives in Sweden, um, but has a, a volunteer choir, um, St. Jacob's Chamber Choir. Uh, he's an American, but he's been, lived in Sweden for three decades, two or three decades. Uh, an absolutely amazing volunteer church choir that'll sounds uh, more spectacular than about any professional choir you'd ever hear. I would love to uh, be able to to pick his brain and have him speak to some of our uh, my students. Um, and also, uh, just thinking about, I'm going to keep the list going and keep making asks about um, who outside of my bubble I can get to work with my students and choirs, but also knowing that if I don't get them, somebody else did, and often there's a Zoom call uh, to be recorded. So I think the online resources are already really blossoming. Uh, Voce 8 has been putting out materials. Um, I'd love to have them uh, to cultivate some of those videos and share them with my students. So uh, just to have my eyes on all the online resources out there and to, to again, cultivate and pick what I think would be really effective um, at USD for my, uh, the, the singers I'm working with, uh, students I'm working with. So that's on my radar is to, is to try to hit, find the dream list of, of clinicians and, and make it happen, especially because uh, online might be all we have in some scenarios. Um, another idea for programming, um, again, just being ready for what may or may not happen this year uh, is for me to mix old and new, so to take old concert recordings um, and then build a new thematic program and take, for example, five pre-recorded pieces and then to mix it in with a new program, maybe that's just some of my students singing solos and plugging it in a new theme and then releasing that concert online if it need be um, as a new program. So mixing the old with the new. Um, another idea I had, and again, this could be a dud, but I'm willing to try anything. Um, a twist on the virtual choir. What if there's a pre-recorded piece by an ensemble I led that's great, and th we do the same piece and people sing on top of that recording, um, you know, individually and splice in their voices. So the tempos and the piece uh, was from a live uh, or pre-recorded performance but they're singing on top of it again. Maybe it's new members in the choir, maybe it's returning members just singing it again. Um, and then again, the tempos and the, uh, the nuances are built into the recording so they could listen to it while they sing. Um, I'm, I might experiment with that just to see how it works. It could be a dud or maybe it would, it would be meaningful for them. And I don't know, it might be worth a try. Um, uh, a third thing um, I thought about is how can we get um, 
our individual students to keep connecting. And so um, I think I'm gonna continue to think of ways for them to share, um, whether it be um, finding their favorite choral piece or a piece we sang in, in, in one of my, the choirs I lead and letting them have a 10 second, one minute video introduction of themselves and the piece and why they loved it so much and then be able to collect all those and share them with one another. Um, maybe they had a favorite piece from the past year or they have a favorite piece in general and we can find, build a network online of being able to share those things together. So just trying to continue to think of ways to connect and also um, connect as a group, but connect individually um, if and while we're apart. Uh, another thing I, uh, that I, I plan to do is, um, especially with the distancing um, unknowns, uh, I've, I've done a lot of consort singing, small one, two, three on a part singing. And this model might be a way to introduce ourselves back of smaller groups. And so uh, at last year's clinic, I put together a packet, the case for consort singing. Well. It's a, probably a, a good case to keep making. And also, um, I, I wanna keep building resources about um, repertoire, especially so much of it is free, so much of it from the Renaissance uh, period where there's just a, an unlimited, seemingly amount of repertoire. And to keep putting together materials and as much as I can linking um, scores and recordings if they're available. And so I want to keep building those consort um, resources and I'll actually put the link in of the packet I did last year if you're interested in trying some of that rep or I haven't done a lot of consort singing. There's lots of ideas there. But I want to keep building and putting out materials on um, leading consorts, um, repertoire, and, and methods in that format. For me at USD, you know, I have two large choirs, but maybe, maybe it's a way we can dip back in is to do some of that rep and then just only have a certain amount of singers performing in smaller groups um, doing it uh, asynchronously so i'll keep thinking about that and i'll, I'll uh I'm, I'm hoping to keep building on, on on the consort resources well that's all i got for now guys um i hope you found something to be helpful and i would love to hear back from you uh, whether it's in the video comments um, or uh, shoot me an email. And I hope to, uh, maybe I'll, I'll hear some of your podcasts in the future. And um, I'll look forward to connecting with you in person or online or in any way uh, that we're able to connect. So be well, and uh, I hope to cross paths sometime soon.